Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Spirit of God touch our heart. I want to share something from the Word of the Lord with you. I'm going to ask you to just pray and let's ask God to touch our hearts together right now. Can we, Lord? I love you today and I thank you for the privilege that you have given me to be here today, given all of us to be here. I'm asking you, Lord, to touch your Word that is already holy and anointed. It is that brand of coal from off the altar. And so we ask you today, God, to let that cold touch our lips let it touch our heart and our minds here today be our strength and our help and be our be our comfort today in Jesus name amen Wednesday night I read from uh, second chronicles chapter 6 and uh, it was in a few of these scriptures uh, that I just took a, a couple of verses out of the prayer of dedication of Solomon's temple but I, I just couldn't really get away from that too much from Wednesday until yesterday. And, and so yesterday afternoon, I just uh, felt the Lord direct me in this particular vein. And so I'm, I'm going to ask you to bear with, so to speak. We're going back in, similar, in a similar place in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. And when you look at 2 Chronicles 6, uh, beginning at verse 22 through verse 42... And that is Solomon's prayer, his dedication prayer in its entirety. I don't know if I said enough to generate your interest on Wednesday night to go home and read this dedicatory prayer. But if I didn't Wednesday night, maybe by, the, maybe by today that you'll at least want to go home and read a little bit of this. Because it is an incredible, an incredible prayer. As a matter of fact, the prayer of Solomon and the dedication of this temple is the longest prayer in the Old Testament. And uh, it's the longest recorded prayer, at least in the Old Testament. And uh, in many ways, if you think about Solomon's prayer of dedication to the temple and all the things that he asked God uh, to do in this prayer, and then we compare the nature, at least, of the prayer, not verse by verse or word by word, but if we, can, if we consider the nature of the longest prayer that is recorded in the New Testament, that's found in the 17th chapter of the book of John, where Jesus prayed. And Jesus prayed in this prayer, uh, the longest in the New Testament. And here's a summary of that prayer. In the first five verses, he prays for himself. In verse 6 through 19, he prays for his disciples. And then the remaining verses, he prays for believers. And so here are two separate prayers, but they really parallel one another. And uh, both Solomon and Jesus were praying prayers of intercession. And uh, I, I hope you understand that. Uh, to pray a prayer of intercession means that in, in, in essence you are praying for someone else. You're building a bridge to another person, another situation or circumstance. And so um, I want to just pick up right here and, and begin 
uh, in verse number 13 of chapter 6. I briefly mentioned this Wednesday night. Uh, I didn't elaborate, but I would like to go back here as uh, the catalyst or the launching pad for my thought here this morning. And that is 2 Chronicles 6 and 13. The Bible says, For Solomon made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long and five cubits broad and three cubits high, and he set it in the midst of the court, and he stood up, and upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. So here is a very, very descriptive word picture, not hard to, to get an image of this in our minds at all, of Solomon making a bronze platform that was seven and a half feet square and about four and a half feet tall. And so Solomon places this platform in the middle where all the people could see him and hear him and know what he is going to do. This is very, very intentional. This is not just something taking place over in the corner as though it were a part of multiple things going on. It was from this pinnacle, this platform, that Solomon knelt down, lifted his hands, and in my opinion, prayed one of the most powerful prayers that you can read. Solomon, I believe what he typified in this brazen platform, I believe that he typified there in Second Chronicles what Jesus Christ typified when he hung on the cross. I mean, it was a very public display and a very, a very intentional thing. Solomon prayed a prayer that paved the path of redemption for all of those that had failed. That was much of what Solomon's prayer consisted of. And I believe that Jesus Christ did the same thing by offering himself as a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. When he died on the cross, don't ever think anything less. He died to purchase the church. And I'm thankful for the church. Amen. As a matter of fact, I think it's a glorious church. Amen. I really believe it's a glorious church. I remember hearing a song about that when I was growing up. And I just want to talk about this morning God's glorious church. When the Lord gave himself as a sacrifice and a ransom for our sins, he opened a way, a path of blessings for others. And this prayer of Solomon, much like the work of Jesus Christ, was very, very revealing. It told who these men were. It shared with the world their thoughts and their passions. And so Solomon built a platform or had it built and, and uh, he is in the middle of all of this congregation and he's praying a prayer. But this is not a, bear, a prayer about him. This is not a me prayer. And when Jesus was on the cross, this was not a me moment, but this was an us moment. It was revealing, amen, very, very revealing about what their real heartbeat was and, and how you can reach beyond where you are. When Solomon prayed, I believe that he revealed his true nature. I believe that he revealed a measure of his compassion. There was, if I could use this term, there was a stretching forth. There was a reaching beyond. Amen. And I believe that that stretching forth and reaching beyond is evident in the comparisons of each of these prayers. There was a stretching forth toward the wayward lives of mankind. Stretching and reaching. And I believe that we should always be stretching beyond where we are today. That was much of what I was preaching about this past Wednesday night. But I'm thankful for the reports that we just heard about great things that are going on, not just in, uh, in the state of Florida, but around the world, stretching ourselves. I'm thankful that we're not just trying to have church for us four and no more. 
I'm thankful that we're not introverted or so inverted that, that we're not worried about those that are beyond us. Poet Robert Browning said this. He said, a man's reach should always exceed his grasp. A man's reach should always exceed his grasp. We ought to be reaching for more than we could ever get our hands on. Amen. I remember uh, many years ago I was in the company of some preachers that were talking and I remember hearing one pastor, uh, someone walked up and someone asked the pastor, he says, well, how many people are you running in your church? And the pastor wisely said, he said, well, we're running about 200, but we've only caught about 150 right now. <laughs> Amen. And so here is a man that has a reach that is larger than his grasp but we're gonna to continue to reach. We're gonna to continue to push. We're gonna to continue to get everything that we possibly can. I want you to think about with me, if you will, the power of what Solomon was building in the temple and the power of what Jesus was providing on the cross. And I wanna talk just about a few aspects of the temple because I believe that it typifies the church today. And I, I, as I do, I want us to just not think about Solomon's temple, but I'd like for us to think about God's glorious church. Now we can think about this local church, that's all right, because we're a part of God's glorious church. But I wanna think about the church around the world. I wanna think about the body of Christ that is reaching into every region of the world, God's glorious church. People are having church in all manner of formats today. Amen, we're here having somewhat a traditional service in a fairly traditional building and, and uh, in a fairly, fairly traditional format. But there are people that are meeting underground in parts of our world today, amen, where you can't own a Bible publicly. And there are people that are meeting in all manner of situations and circumstances where they're just trying to have church in spite of everything else that's going on around them. But I'm gonna tell you that wherever you find God's church, whether it's standing in the shadow of a steeple or whether it's in a strip mall somewhere or whether they are in, a, in an apartment or an underground building with no lights at all for the fear of their own life, whatever you wanna say, ever what the format may be, it is still God's glorious church. And lives are being changed, amen, not necessarily because of the talent or the ability that may be found in that church, but because God is a part of that. His word is true, and I'm thankful for the church. Amen. You can think about all the things that are wrong with the church at large, amen, and there's a lot of things wrong with the church at large because it's made up of humanity. But I'm gonna tell you today, my focus is on God's glorious church, amen. I found hope in God's church. I found peace in God's church. I found refuge in God's church. I found people that will put their arm around me and guide me when I was wayward. I found those that would encourage me when I was discouraged. Anybody ever been there? I found those that would pray for me when I was too sick to pray for myself. I'm thankful for God's glorious church. Amen. The Bible said as Solomon began to pray in, in chapter 6 and verse 22, he said, if a man sin against his neighbor and an oath be laid upon him to make him swear and the oath come before thine altar in this house. Now, if we think about this scripture, if we just kind of read through it, we can miss a point. I want to pause and underline this because what Solomon is talking about is that when you sin against your neighbor, you're sinning against God. 
Amen. So we don't think about it that way. We think, well, as long as I don't curse God, I'm safe. But you see, when you curse your neighbor. Amen. And so when you sin against your neighbor, it's to sin against God. And so those that had, had sinned against their neighbor may have actually sinned obviously against God, amen, and so here is, here is Solomon that's praying, amen, I want you to understand, he said, if a man sin against his neighbor, an oath be laid upon him to make him swear, and the oath come before thine altar in this house, I'm asking you, Lord, if that oath comes before the altar, I pray, God, that you will avenge that, that you will take care of that, I'm going to lay it here in Solomon's prayer, he was trying to for the reaching for the preservation of the character of the righteous. And in like fashion, I believe that same provision is made for you and I in the prayer of Jesus Christ. I want to say that today, and I believe that this could apply to everybody, if not everybody, 99.9%. If you have ever been wronged, if you have ever been wronged, what you need to do with that wrong is set it down at the feet of the Lord and say, I'm going to leave that right there. I'm not going to come back and stir the pot. I'm not going to try to keep resuscitating that. I'm going to bring that to the the foot of the cross and I'm going to leave that in the hands of God because you see what God will do if we put it in his hands is God will make wrong right he, he's not going to do it on your schedule and he's not going to do it on mine but God will make wrong right and so I'm going to put that in the altar in the hands of the Lord I'm going to tell you today there's no better place for restoration than in the house of God if you got something that needs to be laid down this is a great day and you're in the right place and so just set it at the feet of the Lord and set it there in faith that God is going to take care of this. In verse number 24, he said, if thy people Israel be put to the worse, be put to the worse. That's an unusual phrase. We'll talk about that. He said, if they be put to the worse before the enemy because they have sinned against thee and shall return and confess thy name and pray and make supplication before thee in thy house. The phrase there, to be put to, to, put to the worst before the enemy, what that really means is to those that are defeated. And so we could read that differently. If thy people Israel be defeated before their enemy. Amen. I know we don't want to talk about it and you may not want to raise your hand, get up and run around the building, but I believe at some point in our life we've all not just felt defeated, but we've been defeated. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody here been whipped? Amen. I think some of us have been whooped. And if you don't know the difference, you haven't been whooped. But if you know the difference, you know what I'm talking about here today. Amen. He said, if thy people Israel are defeated because they have sinned, oftentimes our defeat comes because we've got sin in our lives. But he said, Solomon said, Lord, if they shall return and if they will confess your name, amen, if they will make supplication before thee in this house, there are those, there are those of us who have fallen before the power of the enemy because we had sinned against God. Amen. I, I'm not talking about robbing a bank, but we can, we can 
get some very subtle sins in our life that can cut off the flow of God's anointing in our heart. And sin always leads to defeat. What happened, what happened in the camp of Israel whenever somebody decided I'll take just a few silver wedges and I'll take just a few garments and I'll bury them in my tent and nobody will be the wiser. And Joshua said, we gotta go out against Ai. Now we've defeated some mighty armies in our past and Ai is just a small village. It's just a small army. We'll be able to take that. And Joshua soon found out that he was in trouble, not because he didn't have enough manpower, but he was in trouble because he didn't have enough God power. And Joshua said, wait a minute, the body counts way too high. Something is out of balance. Something is wrong. And come to find out somebody, amen, we would just say it this way. There was sin in the camp. And there was sin in the camp. And so, but Solomon said, if ever that time comes that there's sin in the camp, Lord, if they'll just turn toward you, if they'll just confess your name, I'm gonna tell you today, if you sinned and failed God, we're not trying to get you to walk out of this building and leave you in that kind of shape, we're going to pray a prayer. Amen. God's glorious church says all you got to do is just turn and confess your sin and call upon his name. I'm talking about God's glorious church. I'm glad that God didn't I'm glad that God did not excommunicate me or excommunicate you the first time I allowed something in my heart that shouldn't be there. But when I turned to him when I confessed my sin to him, I found hope again in God's glorious church. Not just one time, not just one time as a ranked sinner who knew nothing about God, but I have found hope and I have found forgiveness and I have found restoration again and again and again and again. God's glorious church. God's glorious church. Praise God. He said that God would hear them and forgive them and restore them. Oh, amen. God would hear them and God would forgive them and then he would restore them again to the land which he gave them. And so it didn't matter how far they had been driven away by the enemy if they turned their faces back toward the house of God and confessed their sins, deliverance would be granted unto them. I'm gonna tell you, don't ever resent the church and don't ever resist the church because it's God's glorious church. Amen. I'm not just talking about a place of mortar and brick, but I will tell you, amen, that don't even resent the local church because it is a place where God can meet with man. It's a place where we decided I'm going to hang my hat here. It's a place where we decided if God grants me breath, I didn't just plan to be here today. I've got plans to be here Wednesday. Amen. I'm not just coming to be counted or get a gold star by my name, but I'm thankful to be a part of God's glorious church. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands, can we, to the Lord. God's glorious church. We don't just serve chicken dinners at God's glorious church, even though we do that sometimes. We don't just serve cakes and pies at God's glorious church, but I'm gonna tell you it's the word of God that is shared with God's glorious church. Not all that long ago, I was meeting with a very elderly person. Amen, as they began to talk about their life and reflection, hey, they sat there and they began to, in their, they were really in a bed, they were laying there, and they began to talk to me about some of the things that their Sunday school teacher taught them. Wow. 
Wow. The power of God's word. Don't ever discount what happens when you open that book. In verse number 26, and I'm hastening, the Bible says, well, it, I, see, I feel like I'm hastening. Amen. Verse number 26, <laughs> when the heaven is shut up, he said, when the heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward the place, amen, if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin, which thou dost afflict them, I tell you that God has many ways to display his, to, 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 his, to display his displeasure about what's going on in our life. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it won't always be written on a billboard and that God's trying to give you a message. God has many ways. Amen. God has many ways. I know there's a lot of little cliches that we could throw in here. I know sometimes God takes us to the woodshed. I've been there more than one time. I'm not proud to tell you that. Amen. But there's, God has many ways to, to just move in our life and to reveal his displeasure with maybe what's going on. He has a lot of different ways to reveal that. And in a spiritual sense, heaven can be shut up. I mean, I know one Old Testament prophet prayed and said, don't let it rain anymore. And that really happened until he prayed again several years later, or a few years later. But I believe that same thing can happen spiritually. In a spiritual sense, heaven can be shut up. No refreshing rain. Amen. You know, we live, uh, many of us live in this rural area, in, in rural areas, and so when it gets dry, it gets often dusty. And so sometimes I'm looking for the rain, not just to make the grass grow, but just to clear the air. Just to kind of bathe everything and wash everything. And in the absence of that rain, you begin to realize how many areas and aspects of your life that it really affects. And so when there is no refreshing rain, you get to missing that rain. Amen. When there in the absence of that, I'm going to tell you today that there is nothing more horrifying than an unresponsive heaven when you're down on your knees praying. That's a frightful and a fearful thing to pray in heaven as, as brass. And there is nothing. Amen. But I pray that. God would help us to understand sometimes when God's not talking to us it means we got to get something figured out in our life you ever had anybody in your life not speak to you that's probably not because you are on good terms probably the opposite of that probably a little something in the air amen I like the conviction I feel in the house right now <laughs> sometimes that silence is a pretty good indicator you're looking around you go did I do something wrong I say something wrong that I've stepped out of bounds here somewhere, obviously. Amen. And so I'm thankful today to know the power of a, the difference between an unresponsive heaven and a responsive heaven. In verse 27, it says three things. Then hear thou and forgive and sin reign. If they'll just turn, if they'll just turn, I'm going to tell you there's hope in God's glorious church. Amen. There is hope in God's glorious church. In verses 28, the Bible says, if there be dearth in the land, if there be pestilence if there be blastings in the old in the King James version the word blastings there it means blight or, or a plague of some sort a mildew a locust or caterpillars if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land whosoever whosoever sore or whatever sickness there may be then what prayer or supplication or whatsoever shall be made of any man of all the people of Israel when everyone shall know his own sore and his own grief and shall here it is spread forth 
his hands in this house. Amen. God, if there's a dearth going on, if there's some blight going on, if there's some pestilence going on, but if they'll just come back into this house and lift their hands, if they'll just turn back toward you, can I tell you today that you've never been so far away from God that you can't get back. We've never run so far off the road that we can't get back on the road if I just come back in God's glorious house and say, hey, Lord, I need you today. I need you today. My, 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 Solomon is praying this prayer before this temple is ever even being used. He's saying, Lord, this is how powerful I want this house to be. I mean, we can read about Solomon's temple and my goodness, it is bedazzling. It's impossible to wrap our mind around its beauty, its majesty, its net worth. Amen, of all the gold and the silver and everything that was in Solomon's temple. But can I tell you that all of that pales in comparison and it becomes as little more than dust if that that's all that was there was gold and silver and if all was there were people who knew how to serve and how to do this and how to do that but the most powerful and moving thing about Solomon's temple was not its size nor its net worth but the most powerful thing was this was a house Solomon said if people err if they can get back here or if they cannot if they can turn toward you and lift up their hands God he said I'm asking you to meet them there I'm asking you to meet them there can I tell you that the church God's glorious church should not just be a place to marry our young and bury our old but it ought to be a place of hope it ought to be a place of restoration it ought to be a place that we can turn and find fresh rain spiritual rain on a dry day hallelujah 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 I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad for God's glorious church You see, in these verses of Scripture, some of what Solomon is addressing are errors that could probably be prevented in our life. But in these verses, Solomon addresses those that perhaps are a victim of circumstances. And I'm going to tell you that I'm speaking to people today that we have at sometimes been our own worst enemy. We've created our own mess. Amen. And other times we have been victims of other things we really had nothing to do with. The wrong place, the wrong time. Solomon addresses those that are oppressed and suffering and he He's talking about dearth in the land and pestilence and, and blight and mildew and locusts and caterpillars. And, and he said, and the enemies that are besieging your city, you're just overwhelmed. It's not really something that you had anything to do with. Amen. But he said, but Lord, if they will just pray, if they will just pray, then when thou hearest, he said, forgive. Amen. Just make a way, God. Just make a way. In verse number 33, the Bible says, Then hear thou from the heavens and even the dwelling place and do according to all the stranger calleth thee to thee, that all the people of the earth may know thy name and fear thee. I think it's a wonderful thing to know that Solomon prayed that even if a stranger is in this country. Amen. And, and he comes from a far country. Let, let a stranger find this same gateway of divine restoration and hope in their life. Let the stranger find that. 
how powerful that a stranger could find God. And he said, and Lord, I'm asking you that you would do everything that a stranger calls for you to do. Amen. Now, I think a, perhaps a, a New Testament connection to this could be found in Acts chapter 8 whenever a servant by the, a servant that we know as the Ethiopian eunuch was in another country, a strange land. And he got his hand on the book of Isaiah. And he pulls over in his chariot and he's reading in the book of Isaiah. And God has a man in a mighty revival in another place. And God says to this mighty man in a mighty revival in another place, you need to shut this down because I've got a stranger. <laughs> Can I tell you, you don't have to be second, third, fourth, fifth generation Christian, can I tell you today that you may find yourself a stranger in the presence of the Lord. You may find yourself a stranger in the midst of God's glorious church. But Solomon was thinking when he prayed, Lord, if there's this, you know, there could be a, the very chance that a stranger would be in this land. And I pray, God, that he could find the hope that we have found. My, 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 Ephesians 2 and 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh. You're drawn close by the blood. You're drawn close by the blood of Christ. I'm telling you today, I'm thankful that I have a heritage in this, but you hear me today, I'm also thankful for those who just walked in the back door and said, I never even heard of this, but I want you to tell me more. I want you to tell me more. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know what? They didn't get a dumbed down version. They didn't get a watered down version. They didn't get a second tier version. They didn't get a feel sorry for yourself version, but they got the same thing that you have. They received the same mercy and the same power and the same experience that you and I praise God praise God amen amen when we are entering into holy warfare and we are in holy warfare it is critical that we know the way that God has sent us it is critical that we hear the voice of God amen I'm going to tell you that our Christian walk is a life of warfare but not with carnal weapons amen Paul teaches us that we should put on the whole armor of God read it in Ephesians the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in Solomon's prayer as in the prayer of Jesus Christ amen there is, there is certain provision that is made for victory when we are battling in the Lord. And I tell you today that if we will keep our focus toward the holy things of God, the Lord has promised he will maintain our cause. I'm gonna tell you, amen, old Zion may dip and take on some water from time to time, but she's gonna make it safely home. Amen, Paul said, Paul said in a similar fashion to those who were in a ship and in a storm that decided we're gonna jump over, overboard and we're gonna try to save ourselves. Paul said something that I think is very applicable to the day's church. He said, an angel has stood by me this night. And an angel said, there won't be a loss of not one life. We're all gonna make it. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you, the safest thing you can do is hit your wagon to God's glorious church. Amen, she may go high and she may go low. She may roll to this side or roll to that side. But I'm gonna tell you that God gave birth to this church on Calvary's cross. This was not an afterthought. Amen. The church was not an afterthought, but the church was his divine plan from the very beginning. And so I'm going to hook myself to the cause of heavens. I'm going to hook myself to the cause of God's glorious church. 
church. Amen. The Bible says in verse 36, if they sin against thee, for there is no man which sinneth not. So we can just relax. So when the Bible says, if they sin against thee, please don't jump up on a pedestal and think he's talking about somebody else. Because there is no man which sinneth not. And thou be angry with them and deliver them over before their enemies and they carry them away captives into a land far off. Amen. So here's this inescapable, and this is not a license to sin, but we have a treasure in an earthen vessel. You ever thought something you shouldn't think? Said something you shouldn't say? Amen, sure. And so he said, so there's no man that has not sinned. But he said, if, if thou be angry with them and, and, and they're turned over to their enemy and the enemy carries them off captive into a land far off or near, verse 37 says, yet if they bethink themselves. Again, in the King James Version, if they bethink themselves, what this really means is if they come to themselves. Anybody remember another verse that says of a man who came to himself? The parable of the prodigal son in a pig pen. He bethought himself. He came to himself. He said, Lord, if they come to themselves, wherever they've been carried away captive. You see, he wasn't carried away captive by some masked men and a, and a band of uh, uh, bandits that took him away. He was carried away captive of his own doing. The prodigal son. But he bethought himself. He came to himself and he said, Where if they will become if they come to themselves and they turn and pray unto thee in the land, in the land of their captivity, in their mess. If they will just turn right there, and that's exactly where the prodigal son turned. Amen. And if they will say, We have sinned. And we have done amiss and we have dealt wickedly. And he said, you know, the servants in my father's house have it better than I have made a poor decision that has cost me dearly. But he turned himself. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to tell you there's hope. There's hope in the church. I'm going to ask you to stand. If we confess our sins, the writer said, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I mentioned this Wednesday night, Solomon 7 and 1, 6 and 42 ends the prayer, Solomon 7 and 1, another chapter for us, a division from translators, but at the end of the prayer, here's what happened at the end of the prayer. The Bible says in, in 2 Chronicles 7 and 1 that fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice that Solomon had prepared for the Lord. Now, much like Elijah on Mount Carmel in, in, in the book of Kings, when he prepared an altar and a sacrifice, the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice, and it was God's way of, of saying your prayer has been answered because the, the God that answers by fire let him be God. And so the, the prophets of Baal had prayed to their God. Nothing happened. Elijah repairs the altar. And if you know the story, then digs the trench, 12 barrels of water, prays a simple prayer, and fire from heaven comes down. And it was God's way of saying, we got it. In Chronicles 7, 
when Solomon made an end of praying, I believe the token of God saying, I've heard your prayer and I've granted your prayer was the fire that came down and consumed. Now it's impossible for me to think about all these examples of fire falling from heaven and not think about the upper room in Acts. John says, there's one coming after me. He's mightier. I, I can just baptize you into repentance, but he can baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That was not a loose use of words. But when they were told to go and tarry until you're in due with power from on high, the Bible says that a part of what happened in that upper room was like setting down on each of them cloven tongues of fire. It was a sign that God was saying, I'm ready to do what I said I was going to do. You see, everything that we have talked about here today all took place when people either went to the temple or they looked toward the temple. And I understand the difference between that and how it applies to us today. But you see, there's, there's just something powerful about staying connected to the church. Please don't ever think that we can do this outside of, of the people that God has put in our life. Amen. I'm thankful for those that lift up our hands and hold us accountable and, and, and they keep me pushing forward and they keep me reaching. Amen. You see, in a, in, a, in a race, in a foot race, not everybody's on the track. Not every hero has, has a number on their chest. Some real heroes are the friends and the team members that are on the side and they're just saying, go, man, go. Reaching out with a cup of cool water and you see, that's what I think about sometimes. One of the things I think about when I think about the church because I'm thankful for every time somebody's ever just kind of patted you on the back, physically or spiritually, and, and it was a cool cup of water. I said, just go, just go, 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 go. The church that just keeps us held securely and safe. I'm thankful for God's glorious church. Amen, because it's here we find hope. It's here we find healing. It's here we find what you need. So what, what do you need? So what do you need? Because you see, you can get it here today. You can get it here today. I don't want to, um, I don't know, I don't want to sound ignorant. But I, I remember... when the internet came along and was accessible for households and, and you have the world at your fingertips and you can ask anything that you want to ask so to speak you can look up anything that you want to look up I, I can remember sitting down at the keyboard after the technician left our house and, and then I think I've got the world at my fingertips what do I ask? <laughs> I think I'm finding a few more people besides just myself. It's like one of the challenges is that what do I really want? 
And so when you toss out a question, like, what do you need here today? It's a little bit like sitting there with your fingers on the keyboard and, 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 and Google is on the screen and all you have to do is just say. <laughs> the other day I was asking my wife a question and, and we were trying to figure it out and, and it dawned on me, just ask Siri. I'm being honest with you. And I, and I told her and I just pushed the button and I asked the question and, and boom, there was the answer. And I looked at my wife and I said, I don't know why I can't remember that this is all I have to do. So, you know, I've got pencils out and pencil sharpeners and erasers trying to drill down and figure out an answer here. I'm stretching that a little bit. but And all I had to do was just ask Siri. And so today it's really that simple. Why do we keep forgetting and we just run until there's no more energy and we run until we're past ourselves. We run until we're spiritually frustrated because we've got things going on in our life that we know we need to get fixed. Maybe things between us and God or you may have some things that you need to fix among yourselves. And I mentioned it Wednesday night about unhindered prayers. Well, what it would be like to be able to know that I can kneel down and pray and there's nothing gonna hinder that prayer because I've got all this stuff out of my life. So what is it do you need today? Or what is it that you need today? You're here in a place where God can truly take care of it. Can we respond to his word today? Ever how, ever how that unfolds for you? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.